What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Hey, welcome to our new podcast, Politics by Faith. My name's Mike Slater. If you've ever watched the news and felt anxiety or stress or despair, then, uh, well, you're not alone. The goal here is to take the top story of the day and give you some biblical and or historical perspective in order to bring you peace. I think a lot of my anxiety when I consume the news comes from this incorrect belief that, that everything's new. Right? That the things that are happening now are unique and it's never happened before, but that's just not true. There's nothing new under the sun. It's Ecclesiastes 1.9. There's nothing new under the sun. And things that are going on today, they may, they may seem new, but it's not just change the nouns around here and there. Uh, and it's all been done before. And it's all in the Bible. Just because this is our second episode, let me explain the, the title uh, briefly, and then we'll get to it. Uh, the title of the podcast is Politics by Faith. It's a play on Hebrews 11 and 12. And the author goes into a list of a bunch of Old Testament saints and says, by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, on and on and on, by faith. By faith, by faith, men and women of God were made strong out of weakness. You know, the difficult things that are going on in the world today, they can make us weak if you let them, but they can also make us stronger. Therefore, Hebrews goes on, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles so that you do not grow weary or lose heart. You know, we got to throw off the things that hinder. You know what hinders? Anxiety, worry, despair. Those things hinder. And check out this line. This is Hebrews 12. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. The word race is Greek. It's agon. This is where we get the word agony, meaning this race that we are enduring, it's hard, not easy. But we must fight on. And somehow we must fight on with joy. And that's our goal here. To take the story of the moment and analyze it and find peace and strength and to not grow weary, but instead by faith, find the confidence we need to run the race with endurance. That's why we're here. And I'm grateful that you're here too. Please give us a subscribe and uh, uh, we'll see how it goes. So here's the story. The Federal Reserve has raised interest rates again. This economy is such a mess. And, and I'm just being honest, nothing in a long time 
has given me this much anxiety. So what's going on? Why are we here? Why is the Federal Reserve raising interest rates? So here's the short of it. When COVID happened, the federal government told everyone to stay home. But how are people going to earn money if they're not going to work? So the federal government said, well, don't worry, we'll just print money and we'll give it to businesses through the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, and the employers will take this money and give it to their employees, even if they're not working. Well, this little scheme cost us $13 trillion. How much is $13 trillion? That is more than the cost of the 13 most expensive wars that we have ever fought, adjusting for inflation, combined. So the Revolutionary War, the War of 1812, the Mexican-American War, the Civil War, the Spanish-American War, World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, the Gulf War, Iraq and Afghanistan, all in one, combined in a year. $13 trillion. That's what we did to ourselves. Now, 100% of the time, when you print that much money, you're going to have too many dollars chasing too few goods. And that's Econ 101. That's the definition of inflation. Too many dollars chasing too few goods. And prices will go up. So now prices are up, what are 10% uh, from last year. And the Federal Reserve uh, needs to slow the economy down so that people spend less money. Right? Remember, too many dollars chasing too few goods. So let's raise interest rates so people stop spending those dollars and the prices can start to level out. And one way to do that is to make it more expensive for people to borrow money. So raising the interest rates will slow the economy down, decreasing the demand for things and bringing prices back under control. That's the idea. Think of the economy like an airplane. Right? Inflation was this airplane flying straight in the air. Well, the Fed, Federal Reserve, has to land this airplane safely by raising rates to, to bring the plane down. But you don't want to bring it down too fast or else the plane crashes. So they have to land the plane properly. Now, uh, a bit of an aside, I don't trust the Federal Reserve to do this because for the last two years, these top people in the Fed have been saying that spending $13 trillion won't lead to inflation, which is insane. Of course it would. So I don't trust them to get us out of this mess either, which honestly just leads to more anxiety. Slater, I thought this podcast was to get rid of our anxiety. Not yet. I will. First, we need to really accurately assess the situation and not run from it. That's not the goal. The goal here is not to run from it. In fact, the, the goal is to lean into it. The people running the Federal Reserve and just running D.C., they're greedy. They are greedy, they are arrogant, and they lack accountability. The head of the Fed, Jerome Powell, he has a net worth somewhere around $50 million. He'll be fine. He'll make it through. I, on the other hand, perhaps you, made some financial decisions the past few years that were maybe smart at the time, but not so good right now. So raising rates hurts my family. A slowing economy hurts my family. And I don't see things getting better anytime soon. The earliest I see the economy getting better, maybe, is 2024 
we'll get a new president and, and maybe that'll give some new hope and people will be invigorated again or something. But that's still two years away. And even that light at the end of the tunnel, you know, if a Republican wins, the media will do what they did to Trump in 2016 and have a nonstop freak out about everything, even if it means stopping the new administration from doing anything that would help the economy. So this light at the end of the tunnel in 2024, it's not even that bright. It's going to be a long haul. And again, on this podcast, we're not going to just ignore things or brush over things. Every time we're going to take a moment to lament the, the moment, lament what's going on. None of this was necessary. We had this stupid virus from China and two weeks to slow the spread. And I'll admit, I was tricked. I was tricked by a graph with no numbers. Do you remember the graph with no numbers, the two weeks to stop the spread graph with no numbers? Oh, real quick. There's this guy's name, uh, Tomas Puyo, or and he made this post on Medium. Medium.com. It was viewed 40 million times in the weeks, uh, the beginning weeks of COVID. And he called it the hammer and the dance. And there was a graph. It was a line graph. And it was COVID cases on the vertical axis. And then time was on the horizontal axis. And one of the lines was if we do nothing. Oh, COVID cases shot through the roof. And then there was another line if we did Chinese style lockdowns. It was called the hammer. And that's, that's two weeks to flatten the curve. And, oh, if we do that, oh, we save the day. The day is saved. And then after we do the hammer and the cases uh, drop off, then we have the dance, right, the hammer and the dance. And the dance is these, the long-term, low-key things we can do uh, to keep the cases low over time. But in order for the dance to work, we have to have the hammer. And everyone picked this up as their mental model for what we as a nation should do in response to COVID. And no one said, um, there's no numbers on this graph. You just made this all up. This is a fantasy. And you're going to use this to justify shutting down the entire economy? What are you, insane? Oh. Oh, I fell for it. Oh. oh, two weeks, no big deal, two weeks. Oh paying the price not the price from covid the price from the government response to covid ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million ohioans live with a mental health condition in the u.s more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide so why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. How stupid. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Oh, what an easy story to tell. What an easy story. So much fear, so much chaos, so much insanity. What a shame. There's, there's a lot of prices that we've had to pay. But in this episode, we're talking about the economic price, and we're going to be paying it for a long time. Mm. 
Okay. It's worth lamenting <laughs> the fact that we're here. It didn't need to be this way, but it is. It is this way. So let's move on. Slater, what's the biblical story you could possibly share here? Well, there's a lot of plagues in the Bible, but this, this episode's not about COVID. This episode's about the economy. It's about rates going up, the stock market crashing, 401ks and retirement accounts and crypto and unprecedented numbers of people not working at all. And when will the economy recover? This is the cause of my anxiety right now. When will the economy get better? When? I want to know when. I've talked to financial people. When will it get better? No one knows. What do you mean you don't know? Give me the date, the time. When will the economy get better? Months? What are we talking about here? Years? Decades? I need to know what time I can expect things to turn around because I need to make decisions now. And that's what we're going to talk about here. Time. Because I'm not being patient. I'm not being patient and I don't have the right perspective. And the Bible gives it. And that mindset is Kronos versus Kairos. There are two Greek words and two different concepts for time. Kronos, C-H-R-O-N-O-S, is the way that we normally think about time. Seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years. We track Kronos, chronological time. So we get the word chronological, right? It's, it's time you can measure. And that's what's making me anxious. I am so obsessed with chronos. When, when will the economy turn around? 2024, 2026? Why not sooner? And then I spiral into a pit of anxiety. But I'm too focused on chronos. Good thing. There's another Greek word in the Bible. Kairos. K. A-I-R-O-S, kairos. It's used 86 times in the New Testament. It means time, but it's in the sense of uh, a moment in time, a suitable time, a proper time, a season of time, the right opportunity for something. Uh, it's more of a seize the day concept of time, taking advantage of a moment in time. The word actually comes from the Greek word for head, so it means when things come to a head. When Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, maybe one of the most famous parts is there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. It's worth reading the whole thing. It's so good. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. This is all the kairos concept of time, right? When he, when he says there's a time to be born, he doesn't mean, you know, 12.35 in the morning and a time to die, you know, next Thursday at 6.42. He's talking about these, these moments, these seasons, these opportunities to weep and mourn and, and other times to laugh and dance. And I got to get my mindset 
and hopefully this is helpful to you too, out of the Kronos and into the Kairos. Let me share a couple more examples of this concept and uh, visuals uh, to help you uh, make sense of it because this can change your life. So outside of the Bible, of course, there's a Greek god, Kronos, and he's always portrayed as an old man. He looks like Father Time, and, and he's always portrayed morbidly, like, like, like really, <laughs> really morbid. So Kronos, it's the same god, Saturn, and Saturn would eat his children as soon as they were born. Why? Well, Cicero said, because as time, Kronos, elapses, the seasons come and the seasons go, and I'll quote Cicero, time devours the courses of the seasons and gorges itself insatiably on the years that are past. Yikes. So whenever Kronos was portrayed, think the Grim Reaper or Father Time. But the god Kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S, was a sprightly young man. And he was always drawn or carved with long hair in the front and a shaved head in the back. It's like the opposite of a mullet, right? So long in the front and no hair, completely shaved in the back. Why? Because Kairos was always running and he had wings and he flied with the wind. And I'm going to quote the Greek poet Posidippus of Pella, 300 BC. And someone asks Kairos, why does your hair hang over your face in the front? He says, for him who meets me, to take me by the forelock. So you can grab it. If you see Kairos, you grab it by the hair. And why in heaven's name is the back of your head bald? And Kairos says, because none whom I have ever raced by on my winged feet will now, though he wishes it so, take hold of me from behind. Mm, I love that. It's awesome. So the idea is as Kairos, right? Uh, if you're living in the moment, as Kairos flies past, you can grab him by the hair. But once he's flown by, if you miss him, you can't grab him by the hair because the back of his head is shaved. He's gone. If that opportune moment passes by, you can't grab it once it's gone. That's one visual. Let me give you another one. Uh, Lauren Penillas. he asks, are you going to live life like a horse with blinders on? plowing the ground for hours and hours each day, just looking down, plowing? Or are you going to live life like a hawk whose sharp senses are constantly scanning the area? My anxiety comes from when I'm like a horse, head down, plowing. When will this end? When will the economy get better? Checking the stock market every day. Like, like that's me with a horse with blinders on mindset. As opposed to, and I think it's so much more, uh, much more calming sense of time, that this moment we're living in, it's a season. It's a period of economic difficulty. We can make it through. Because here's the truth. When we're stuck in Kronos time, you miss out on the moments of Kairos. You miss out on the beautiful and important moments that make up life. When we live like the horse with blinders on, second by second, minute by minute, checking the stock market, checking the economy. You get stuck in the ruts. Oh, you're living in Kronos time. 
And you know that's not what life is made of because when you look back on your favorite memories, you think back on, on vacations and births and gatherings with friends and all these wonderful moments, that, like, th th those are what matter. Like No one looks back and says, ah, yes, uh, Thursday and, uh, in the year 2007 at 4.36 in the afternoon. I remember that segment of time very well. No, 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 you don't remember. You remember the, the first days of your child being born and coming from the hospital. Like That's Cairo. See the difference? Now, there's some nuance here. Yes, you need to be uh, conscious of, of the minutes and seconds of your days. The Bible says to number your days. Right? We need to number our days, recognize that life is short, and make the most of, of, the, of every second. Yes. But really, you need to do that so that you can better appreciate the Kairos moments in life. Another visual for Kairos, and this is what the Greeks had in mind, is think of an archer. An archer uh, waiting. Waiting, waiting for the perfect moment, the perfect opening to shoot his arrow at the target. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Now, that moment in time, that is Kairos. The right moment, the opportune moment. And that's the truth. To grasp Kairos, you have to release some of your anxiety around Kronos. To grasp Kairos moments, you have to release your anxiety around Kronos time. To take hold of the important and meaningful moments in life, you need to release your anxiety of Kronos time. Because if you don't release it, you'll miss the moments when they pass by and you can't grab them when they're gone. All right, so say this is really nice, but what does this have to do with the economy? There are seasons to life. And... As I'm telling this, I'm, I'm talking to myself here. This, for me, maybe for you, is a time of rest when it comes to spending money. This is a time to be frugal. This is a time to really think about purchases that I'm making. And when it comes to investments, right, bigger picture, like retirement money, this is a time to be patient. Right? Living in Kronos time is looking at the stock market every day and checking your account balance every day. You'll go crazy. But if you zoom back over decades of stock market, you see, okay, this is just a blip. It's just a blip down. And that perspective will bring you peace. Looking at the economy in Kronos time will bring you despair. Looking at this season of life in Kairos time will bring you peace. My last point here is you can't just be on the lookout for the moments of life. Right? You also have to live according to Kronos, right? We still have like time still goes by and it's important to embrace that too, right? Think of Joseph. Right? When you look at the story of Joseph, it's easy to skip to the ending when he was second in command only to Pharaoh himself saving nations. But how did he get there? He got there through faithful service. He was Potiphar's slave. Potiphar was the captain of Pharaoh's guards, right? So you have right, Potiphar way up at the top and Joseph was his slave. But he did what he was told, faithfully, dutifully, proper execution of the mundane and, and degrading household duties that Potiphar commanded him to do in a house that wasn't his in a foreign land. There's nothing glamorous here at all, but he did it with such excellence that Joseph rose to become the manager of all of Potiphar's house. And it's similar with your marriage too, right? Your marriage, it's the ordinary, kind, 
everyday things you do for your spouse that make a marriage. And yeah, there's great memories as well. The Kairos moments, sure. But the little things that are done daily is what creates the foundation for those Kairos moments to shine. You can't forget Kronos and just be on the lookout for Kairos. You have to embrace both. So that's what we can do. In conclusion, this economy stinks. It's hard. It's going to be hard. And it's unjust that we're even here. But it is here. So let's embrace both Kronos and Kairos time. In Kronos, let us all dutifully execute with excellence our Kronos time every day. Do the right thing in the moment with joy and kindness. And let's be ready for the Kairos moments that God blesses you with. And let's not miss them. I hope this helps you as much as this mindset has helped me. I hope this brings you some peace so that we can rest and sleep and gain some strength and fight on again tomorrow. Please subscribe and, and give this podcast five stars if you enjoyed it so we can break the algorithm and spread the word. Super grateful you're here. This is Politics by Faith with Mike Slater.